feel like this is gonna be a long ass night. <laughs> And welcome, everybody, to the 1201 Sports Network. This is your Wednesday show. I am your host, Jonah the Nature Boy Blackwell, and with me, as always, my good friend and awesome co-host, Grayson Danger Wiley. This is a very special episode as we are joined live by Tyler T. Kane Cloud. And for the first time, actually, when you're listening to this, the married Logan James. We are recording this from beautiful Powhatan, Virginia, where Logan and Celia will say their vows tomorrow afternoon, and by the time you hear this, they will be officially a married couple. It's a big, it's a big, beautiful day, and we pulled up this morning, and I kind of had to ask myself a question. Now, why would Logan want to get married to the love of his life at what is basically a, a, a cultist compound? Like, you know, um, in Waco, where all those people were storing all the guns, and then all those kids died. This could be a place that something like that happened. It's a bunch of like tiny little cottages, all interconnected. There's a place to have like a garden and be self-sufficient. And then when the feds come, you know, we go and 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 pull all those illegal firearms we've been making. And, and, they, and they've got their own hydroelectricity. I mean, right? They have their own creek. So, Logan, walk me through that thought. Well, okay, let's make this, let's make something clear immediately. This is not Waco, Texas. This is Jonestown. That means that everyone's going to drink Kool-Aid and then everyone just going to take a little nap. Take a little dirt nap after that. So let, let's make sure that we don't get it twisted now. Waco, you know what? I Waco will get a little right. bit of violence. I would take a nap. I could also take a nap. I would love a nap. But let's be honest, I am very happy that you guys are here. Uh, I'm so I, I cannot wait to see uh, what the future holds for us tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a great time. It's, it's, it's already been a great time. It's going to be something else tomorrow. Uh, I don't know what's uh, I don't know what's really going to happen. Well, I know what's going to happen. You're going to get married. Wait, I'm going to get married. Yes, yeah, you are. Yes, insane. You're signing your life away. Well, I mean, all your freedom is now gone. Well, I've already signed my life away to the Navy, so now I'm just taking that next step and right. signing my life away to the love of my life. So, I mean, it's not a big deal. It'll be fine. It'll be great. <clears throat> so, um, there's kind of too many of us for us to talk about our weekends, and our weekends are We're doing it right now. Just, yeah. just getting started. Really. Weekend, Last weekend does not matter. Uh, this coming weekend is what matters. Uh, Tyler and I are beat, but we are still in here going to record this podcast for you even after having driven about 14 hours podcast superstars podcast so, marine some people are calling and, it. and <laughs> we've only just begun drinking and we're going to keep on drinking tonight and we're going to keep on drinking tomorrow yeah we're, just, we're, we're just calling y'all the green beret of podcasters is what, I, what I've been hearing alright I mean they should really be the SEAL teams not the green okay, beret that's, 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 that's the SEAL team that's the SEAL team I think we're the SEAL team 6 of podcasting uh, you know what I would say that this, and it would say that. killing this podcast like it was Osama Bin Laden. Is that yeah. okay? Yeah, Osama Bin Laden. And then we're going to dump his body in the sea. And just before it's over, you know, yeah, 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 yeah,
Grayson and I are like the SEAL Team Six of the beer pong table yeah. right now. A little bit of that next. We game. had to take a we had to take a chill pill from the table. It was just too hot, man. They couldn't stand it. It was, it was it, very Roman Empire. Empire. It was Roman Empire. I don't, I don't know. Y'all got very close several times to, to lose in the last three games. But we did it. But we did. We were dominating so hard. We were forcing. I don't know. I don't know. I it was y'all were clutch. It was the other teams were not clutch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, in either case, we are six and zero. When still going to resume our win streak when we go back out there. Yeah, how does it how does it feel to be the Alabama beer pong? Look, nobody talks about the bad teams that the '96 Bulls beat. You mean that was that is how that is how Logan? Hold on, yeah, I guess. I guess so. Because you know we're good right now, like Georgia's good right now. I would I would go one step further and say y'all the average Joes. I like that. The underdogs that came out of nowhere and sure. just yeah. all right. Right. Well, we know what you all want to hear about, and we are so glad that Logan is here in the studio with us to talk about that because we know he is our resident <laughs> Star Wars expert. Nerd. All of you have had a chance to watch the season three and possibly series finale no way. for Disney's The Mandalorian. Um, and that is that is the main thing we're here to talk about tonight, boys. So, um, who wants to start us off? Dude, Din Grogu. How about that? Din Grogu. That, that put a smile to my face. You know, Jacob, Jacob said it was a great episode. I think it was a very good episode. I wouldn't go great. It, there was, it almost felt too easy. That's the only reason I why I don't think that it's the series finale. Is it almost felt too easy, too convenient. Everything just fell right in place. And we all know in Star Wars, nothing just falls right in place. It kind of does. Well, well it, 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 it would have all fallen in place in Return of the Jedi had uh, had they not went off and made the sequels that we all agree are not that great. But Agreed. Um, Return of the Jedi was set up to fall all right in place. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, for one thing, I don't think this is the end of The Mandalorian because this is one of Disney's best moneymakers right now. So why would they end it? However, uh, Tyler brought up a good point when we watched it at my house before we headed here to Virginia, and that is that really the only way you could pick it up uh, after that ending is if they do some kind of time jump, which I can see happening because they've still not answered the question of uh, why is Grogu not in the sequels, um, and, that, and that is the main question: why why is Grogu not in the sequels? What happens to him? Um, you know, does he with the Mandalorian? Why are the Mandalorians not in the sequels? If they retake their home planet and rebuild it, why are they not mentioned at all? Um, so that's two two big questions that have yet to be answered. And um, and y'all don't forget, we do have the Ahsoka show coming later this year that'll probably fill in some more blanks for us. But um, uh, Logan, what's your take on it? Well, okay, so all of this is building up to the final uh, not final but the movie that Dave Filoni is going to be directing and it all centers on Grand Admiral Thrawn he is the key he's the heir to the Empire and we saw that uh, we saw Thrawn's name being mentioned in the episode before the season finale the and um, and you know that so- Thrawn is going to be the basically the Thanos of what uh, of all the shows that Dave Filoni is a part of and directing and what have you. So I don't think this is going to be the end of The Mandalorian. I expect one to two uh, two more seasons to uh, come into play. 
and I think that will give us a little bit more of an understanding of where of where Grogu's at in the sequel trilogy. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Ahsoka tr uh, show. I think it's going to be very well done. Rosara Dawson is an excellent actress. I think she's going to portray the character really well. But what I'm most excited about is that Lars Mikkelsen, the guy who does the voice acting for Grand Admiral Thrawn in Star Wars Rebels, is also reprising his role in live action as Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I, I think I've told, I think I've said this before on the podcast. Grand Admiral Thrawn is my favorite character in the Star Wars franchise. He's he's not just your stereotypical villain. He's not your uh, bad guy like Darth Vader or Darth Sidious is. He's Intelligent, he's calculating, he's strategic in the way that he uh, combats the Rebel Alliance and in the sequel, or not sequel, in the uh, expanded universe of the New Republic. So I, I'm really curious how Dave Filoni is going to use that character to, to threaten the New Republic. And who knows, we might actually see the, the origins of the First Order in that new movie that Dave Filoni is directing where Grand Admiral Thrawn is going to be the primary antagonist. So really, really excited to see how that goes. So... I, I have seen where they have already written the script for season four. Yeah. So, I mean, that is there. It's just whether or not they get greenlit. It basically will be. Also, I was very surprised that they did not have the cutscene at all. And the fact that the cutscene was not Grand Admiral Thrawn stripping out other shadows. Yeah, you don't hear anything. You don't see any, really see anything. You don't really see his face, but you know, but you know who he is. About they've, they've said his name. They've they said his name. name. We know he's there. We know he's. We know he's away because they said, "Where is he?" Moff Gideon says, "Where's he at?" Maybe it should be me in charge. Also, did Moff Gideon die? What do we think? So he's in like a Vader kind of Mando Vader suit, which was so. That's a very that's a very interesting question to pose because we saw in the series finale that there were several clones of Moff Gideon. That like that was going to be the basis of his army. Right. Was force sensitive clones of Moff Gideon. Um. Oh, I, I don't know. know. Well, I mean, yeah. honestly, truthfully, I, I don't the know. Force sensitive part. Oh, is that why they had Grogu? Yeah, yeah. That, was, that, was, yeah. Uh, that was the whole reasoning behind having Grogu. So he can make a superior See, soldier. I didn't pick that up at all, but that's super cool. Yeah, that's so. Great. It definitely would have killed him if he. I, I think the way he acted, I think Din, Din Djarin did actually destroy all of his clones. That's that's He's certainly seen... The old ones that were there. Moff Gideon has been such a calculated villain this entire time. So, but I also, also don't know how he didn't have a backup stash. He had a backup stash. I mean, surely he didn't put all of his eggs in one basket in one base. Well, also, the last base he had. Well, who's to, who's to say that the individual that Din and Bo-Katan fought wasn't a clone of Moff Gideon. I mean, he was in the know. suit the entire time. Well, what if it was the clone in the suit? We don't know. Point. We honestly don't know. That's that really could have been a clone. And he was a really good fighter. He took down Bogotan. Bogotan. There was a lot of robotics involved in his suit. Yeah, they were hitting the sound effects yeah, really hard. Yeah, power Beskar armor. Oh, dude, it's like a Brotherhood of yeah. Beskar? Like, no, it is. It's power Beskar. Well, like, right, if, you remember, if you remember in the episode before the series finale, he said that was the next iteration of the Dark Trooper project. Right. So, right. Those the, in Season 2, the Dark Trooper project was all droids. Well, in Season 3, now it's individuals back in the suit, but they're all in Beskar, right. and they have like the best combination of uh, Mandalorian armor, Imperial training, and the next step would have been incorporating Force ability, which was what Moff Gideon was trying to do with his clones. So, it's very interesting to see what could have possibly been. Yeah, I, I, do, I do have one problem, one plot hole. So whenever he crushed the dark saber, 
I, I should have crushed Bo-Katan's hand. She should not have been able to use that hand, in theory, correct? Unless he only had a, a hold on the dark saber itself, because it, the dark saber is longer than the person's hand is wide. But yeah, I thought I thought he had it by her hand. I mean, he may not have. It's um, a bang bang play. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what I find interesting is now that the dark saber is destroyed, Bo-Katan's legitimacy as the ruler of Mandalore is also called into question because that was the only piece of equipment that she was using to unify the Mandalorian clans. So now the next the next phase is for the Mythosaur. The Mythosaur is the unifying factor for the Mandalorian people now. I, 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 the I, fact I, that the Mandalorians behaved at the end of the episode means that they realized that the Dark Saber really was just a trinket. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, I think they're over that. I don't I, think. I think I think the the destruction of the Dark Saber cements her her legacy and her her reign even more. The fact that she had it got it had it was destroyed and she is still the leader. I think, that's, I, I think that cements her as a leader even more. I think them fighting together to retake their homeland cements them as one uh, unified clan once again. I don't so think... So he says 10 minutes, Logan. Wait. No. 10 minutes for what? <laughs> to finish this to go down there. No. Oh, <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I'll make Get your thoughts in. I'll make, I'll make this quick. So what I think is going to happen is... I basically think that Bo-Katan is no longer going to be the legitimate ruler of Mandalorian. Well, who would even step up in her place? Din. Din will. Din? I don't think Din will. Remember, the Mythosaur Mythosaur did not respond to Bo-Katan. The Mythosaur responded responded to Din. Din was going to Din Grogu. Din Grogu stepped in, and then he opened his eyes. Exactly. Because you watched Din Grogu. So, I... And also, we have to take into account the the previous shows uh, in the Star Wars universe. Bo-Katan has already been the leader of Mandalore. She has... She, I, she's a great individual. I think that she is a very compelling character. But I don't in think my opinion, she has failed in her in her mission to lead Mandalore. Mm. I do not think that she is an effective leader of Mandalore. I think her time has passed. I think that in order for the Mandalorian people to move forward and prosper, I think that Din is that individual to unite yeah. the Mandalorian. I think she had a tool for her mistakes, yes. though. With, I mean, she, she helped reclaim the planet. Yeah. It was Din Djarin, though, about anything other than being a bounty hunter. I mean, I don't think he has any urge to lead Mandalore. But maybe that's what makes a good leader. So that's what makes a good a, a reluctant uh, A reluctant individual who fills that role. Yeah, but I also feel like there is some aspect of Bo-Katan that Hey, I've messed up with this. I'm really, I really shouldn't be leading us, and yet she still steps up and leads them. I mean, I think th- there still is that reluctant leader within Bo-Katan. Here's another. Here's another thing too that we haven't talked about. Who's the other spy? I think that was a total uh, red herring in the writing. I think that was I in that in, was the, in the in the uh, episode before the season finale. The name of the sh- uh, the name of the episode is the spies. We already know who Will One Spy is. It's that Elia Kane girl on Coruscant. Who's the other spy? I think that was a false. I think that was a red herring to get everybody concentrated on who the spy was. Last and we week. did. And I, I disagree. disagree. We I disagree. disagree. Everybody said it was. Oh, it's got to be Ash Wolves, or it's got to be Ash the Armorer, or it's the people, the Mandalorians that were staying on Mandalore all right. the time. Turned out to be none of those people. Because they were all good guys. Come on, we don't know that. We don't know. I guess we don't. I know. mean, but they all fought against. They none of them like 
it seems like they would have what mentioned if? it as like they certainly they set it up for Axe Rhodes to have been the other spy because he gets everybody else off the light cruiser. See, that's what I thought too. I thought that Axe Rhodes was going to be the other spy. Yes, but at the end of the episode, you're like, all right, well, I mean, I who else can be the spy yet, though? Here's something that we haven't thought about. Definitely. What if it's not a spy from Off Gideon? What if it's a spy for Grand Admiral Thrawn? But, but still, though, who, who is still that? Means it wasn't anybody. Nobody in that episode on the side of the Mandalorians did anything. Well, it could have been Thrawn, and Thrawn realized that Moff Gideon is stepping up in his absence to take over, and he says, we're going to fight, Man- we're going to get the Mandalorians to fight Moff Gideon, and you need to kill Moff Gideon because he is trying to step into my role. Mm-hmm. Because he's already in that group of whatever those six individuals were in the holograms. That's a hell of a responsible to call, though. He says, I want to be in charge. Is it? If so, yeah, if you all, all Moff Gideon would have had to do, and all Grand Admiral Thrawn would have had to do to get Moff Gideon back in his place would have been to show up to the Shadow Council, and all the the rest of the Shadow Council would have been like, "No, Moff Gideon, you stay in your lane." But to destroy all those resources, to destroy all those resources, I don't think Grand Admiral Thrawn would have done that. He, he's he's, he's way too calculated to destroy that many resources. That's removing a disruptive factor or a disruptive faction. From the Imperial Remnant, because I, at, the, I, at the end of the I day, can, I can see I can see Grand Admiral Thrawn removing Gideon, but I can see him doing it in a way that doesn't destroy so much. Well, that's in the way of all of his his troopers too, because they're probably loyal to him as well. At the end, end of the day, Thrawn. I don't believe that Moff Gideon was truly loyal to the Empire. I believe that Moff Gideon was truly loyal to himself. I think so too. I believe that. Yeah. Well. On the other side of that coin, Grand Admiral Thrawn is loyal to the Empire. He believes in the vision and in the ability of the Empire to effectively rule the galaxy. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe one of those individuals in the Mandalorian camp was reporting to Thrawn as opposed to reporting to Moff Gideon. That could be it. It's possible. I mean, it is possible. I think it's. I think it's a little far fetched. I just. I, I just. It's a theory. It's a theory. Admiral Thrawn, from what we say, he is way too calculated. And and I just I don't see him destroying and wasting that much resource. Well, it's, a good way, it's a good way to get rid of Moff Gideon without alerting the other count the Shadow Council. Mm-hmm. Because if he can't attack the Shadow Council because they'll say, oh, what if I'm next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this way, it looks like it was just between him and the Mandalorians. See, I want, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure that the Shadow Council wasn't already kind of leery of Moff Gideon because you know they they asked, what about where's Doctor Pershing? Mm-hmm. So I'm not so sure they weren't already somewhat leery of him. Maybe. Yeah, he so, didn't seem to have any friends in the Shadow Council. No, he so I, don't, I really don't think no. that, that, that Thrawn really had to worry about anybody being upset if he came in there and just offed Gideon. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, it, But that last, uh, there's a few things I want to talk about the episode itself. Uh, first of all, those blasters. What were those blasters that Mandalorian, uh, that uh, Din Djarin, Picked up off the uh, the other Beskar, the Imperial Beskar troopers, and then was using against them. Whatever blasters those were, those were probably some of the most heavy duty blasters we've seen. Those serious business. I, I'm, I'm just glad that we actually got Ben Jarn actually holding his own in a fight. Oh my god! The the uh, sequence get beat up a lot. The sequence where he was fighting the Praetorian guards was so well done. For so that, well done. That and I don't the and, and, the, and the force you're with. Yeah, he, he kicked ass in those. Actually, let's let's pause. He, he kicked ass the entire episode. He he really did. Like this was Din Djarin's episode. And let's talk about that for a second. The Praetorian guards. 
like we know those individuals from the Last Jedi. Um, they were they they were basically nothing compared to Rey and Kylo Ren in the Last Jedi. In this show, in the Mandalorian, the Praetorian Guards are actually pretty terrifying. Like yeah, they so look look powerful, just show you how, how powerful the Jedi are. Yeah. But it also shows how effective the Praetorian Guards can be against your regular rank-and-file soldiers. And to see Din Djarin be able to go toe-to-toe with those individuals and take out not one, not two, but three of them? He had help. He, and he, he, he had help with Grogu, yes. But to, to be able to survive that, whereas Paz Vizsla wasn't able to stand up to them, it was great. So what are the, while we're on it, why those purple weapons they have, why can they pierce Beskar? Um, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Because that's how they killed Paz Vizsla. They stabbed him through his best bar chest plate. With that's true. I wonder if it has something to do with the, the technology that, that Sabine Wren invented in, in, in Rebels. It, it could possibly be that. I mean, it kind of looks like it's just an advanced form of Viber Blades. I mean, we know what Viber Blades are, right? So, it may they look like an upgraded version of the shock sticks used by the Magna Guards. It does. It actually does. Because, you know, I mean, Moff Gideon uses that also in the series yeah. finale. We know the shock sticks from the Magna Guards are almost imitation lightsabers. Yeah. So, yeah. so it uh, could also be that as well. And I'm sure with the Empire having access to all the best cars, they've studied it, and they figured out, you know, hey, we can make a weapon that can go through this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, with those and, and encapsulate it in best car. Maybe it's not piercing it, it's just passing through it. And, like, into the person. Yeah. Like, just the electricity itself. Yeah. I mean, that's like if you... I don't know if this is canon, but disruptor pistols are uncommon in the Star Wars universe and illegal in a lot of places because they... They can ignore armor because they actually phase through the molecules of whatever you're wearing, and and, and disintegrate your molecules on the inside. It of It can also be that as well. So yeah. Beskar, we don't know how Beskar stands up to any kind of uh, disintegration weapon, but those purple sticks that the Praetorian Guards and Moff Gideon had could have been some kind of melee disruptor weapon. Uh, but clearly, it, it is the result of the Empire having studied Beskar and figured out how to defeat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then those blasters were just extremely powerful, I guess. So, I mean, um, we, we know through Rebels that they have the technology to defeat Beskar. I mean, because they made Beskar useless in, in Rebels. Yeah. I mean, they made it disintegrate. I mean, they made it, they made it actually be a, a detriment. So, I mean, we know they, they have the, the technology and, and the data to, to go back in there and figure out how to make it a, instead of an advantage, a, a disadvantage. I liked when... Uh, uh, Mando was he took out all of those troopers with like the shield the 